I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, John Denman. John Denman. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Drink of Ages Radio Show here on ESPN 97.5. He is Tom Painter. I'm John Denman, DJ Muskratch, the producer. And we are, it's actually going to be an interesting show, man, because normally we're like, hey, we're at this brewery talking to this brewery, but we're actually at Spindletap talking to For the Culture Brewing Company. So this is going to be fun. For reasons that will be explained. For a lot of reasons <laughs> that will be explained. So we'll have beers. You guys, man. First of all, I'm sitting on this side of the table with a 5% easy drinking, lay the day, uh, tastes good, all that. That side of the table is barley wine. So, <laughs> <laughs> all barley so wine. we have Michael Ferguson, Carl Roaches, and Miguel Rodriguez. Mixed. Migs, <laughs> Mufasa. Well, we have Migs, Carl, and Mufasa right. hanging out. So my, I, I told my wife, it's like, Carl doesn't have a nickname. She goes, he's Carl. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we have a friend named Carl, and we named a, a vodka orange juice drink after him. <laughs> well. <laughs> They're called Norbergs. Norbergs. <laughs> Norberg. <laughs> so when you take a flight, you just order Norbergs. They look at you and are like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You don't know exactly what that is. But you don't will before this flight's over with. Uh, yeah, yeah, Carl Norberg, a.k.a. DJ Fermented, uh, former brewer at Fort Bend Brewing. Went uh-huh. on a flight with him. He refused to drink vodka, orange juices, or any alcohol. And I was like, well, what do you have against? what do you have against having a nice in-flight drink? And so then... Uh, Basically, vodka oranges just became Norbergs, and they have been for the better part of a decade. And, and wow! And uh, he, he's pretty pissed about it, but uh, <laughs> but it just is what it is. Yeah, it all works out. It all it, it all works out. Uh, but DJ Fermented, uh, book him at your events. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I wanted to hang out with you guys, talk about all the stuff that you have going on, and you know, like what what should people start expecting and when, and like all the all the fun stuff. Uh, and plus, I just wanted to hang out and drink some beers with uh, you guys. Absolutely, because you guys are cool, and and, and I and I love this, and and uh, Carl and and uh, Miguel are. Are are here with me? Thank goodness. And I was really hoping that some some of the others would show up, but uh, probably with the uh, microphone situation, it's probably all right. Probably perfect. <laughs> it works. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, uh, for the culture has teamed up with uh, Ovinic Brewing for Cross Culture X, which is Cross Culture Exchange, a woman-owned brewery, a black-owned brewery. Uh, we're going to. Uh, take that as far as we can is <laughs> I was say because that's a you know even though we are in whatever year this is these days 20- it's uh it's two it's 2020 plus 18 it's just one of those where where it's still not really that popular amongst some of the other cultures and some of the other some of the other races around sure. you know the beer just for whatever reason you know there, there's a lot of reasons that you can go back and look at, at things but uh, for some reason, is definitely a Caucasian-dominated. Oh, no doubt industry. about it. Um, when I started, uh, I and Garrett Oliver referred to ourselves as the other black brewer. 
because in the in the um, craft beer culture, it was just Garrett and myself. That was it. Um, Garrett, of course, went on to be ultra famous. Uh, I went on to be uh, the funny one. <laughs> uh, th- that's not true at all. John, when John and I did a show at Abel Baker, uh, your reputation was known. Oh, that's right. It was very known <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, wait a second. How do you know about this man, Mufasa? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, interestingly, I, uh, when I went to apply for a job up in San Antonio uh, at uh, Taprite, which has gone downhill so so much. Uh, I hate to say that, but um, so he takes the uh, president of the company takes me to this brewery, and we walk in. It was Weathered Souls, and I walk in, and uh, Marcus looks up, and the president goes, "Oh, I want to introduce you." Because you don't need to introduce Mufasa to me. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't know this guy, <laughs> but he he knew me, yeah. and apparently uh, my reputation has uh, precedes me slightly. Uh, kind of like a bad cologne, but uh, it does. And uh, <laughs> is that going to turn into like a Sex Panther joke? <laughs> it's, it's quite possible because I'm not sure any of you have ever seen my my. Uh, uh, there was a uh, <laughs> Tom Daldorf. You know Tom Daldorf? Okay, he used to have a a brewery magazine that was out there called Celebrator, and he would have a swimsuit issue every year. Excellent. I can see where this is going. Yeah. I don't know why it still doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. I'll show you a photo later. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of what, what, um, a few years back, there was a Houston beer uh, calendar mm. came out, and there was a picture of Brock. It's like, I don't know if everybody needs to see that picture. No, no. He's, he's, he's kind of like Tom Petty. Shouldn't have appeared in his own videos. But... Uh, <laughs> Actually, he looks like a little bit like Tom. A little bit. <laughs> and in my mind, probably acts like him, too. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come around here no more. <laughs> okay, so while we're here, I just have to say one thing. Before I start talking about For the Culture um, and uh, let these guys uh, actually talk, uh, didn't we start homebrewing to get away from rice beer? I started home brewing because I realized that I could make a lot of beer for not very much money. <laughs> and <laughs> so, and then very quickly that turned into a kegerator, refrigerator in my dining room, and brewing 15 gallons at a time, and keeping a very ample stock of beer that for some reason kept running out. Uh, there's no doubt about it. There's there's the many reasons that people get into. Uh, you know, home brewing and, and, and eventually professional brewing. Uh, but um, I, th- I really thought that, I mean, if you look at the history, by 1966, there were only 90 breweries in the, in the country. And uh, they pretty much told you what to drink. And I thought that we had all been completely tired of corn beer and rice beer. But as you know, I worked at Farm Boy Brew Shop as the subject matter expert. And for three years, we had a bag of rice, of flaked rice. Didn't sell a pound Nobody of it. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. Yeah. In the last three months, we've sold eight bags. That doesn't surprise me, honestly. Right. So, what the hell is cold IPA? A cold IPA? <laughs> yes. That, that's a 
That's an interesting one, right? <laughs> yeah. And I forgot where I read that. Like the news, the latest, blah, blah, blah. It was in one of the brewing magazines, like big brewing oh, yeah, magazines. Yeah, I read it too. I read that. And it was article. like cold IP. What the? What are we stretching this far for? <laughs> it's gotten a bit ridiculous, right? <clears throat> and, but yeah, whenever. Um, uh, Oh, what was the last IPA that everybody thought was, well, certain people thought was good? The Brood IPAs. Right. Yeah, brood and I IPAs. was like, these, these are terrible. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> see them. Yeah, and, and I and, and, you know, tried some of the ones that some of the local breweries did. I'm like, this doesn't taste good. So I'm like, okay, find one uh, that a big brewery, national brand, you know, solid brewery made. And I think it, maybe a Sierra Nevada. It was like one of those, something right. like that. I forgot which one. And I'm like, this still tastes terrible. (laughs) How is this going to be the next? So uh, you just see these trends. I mean, hazies, they were really popular. And and where I thought sours were about to take off, and all of a sudden hazies jumped in. And they're like, nope, this is going to be the most popular thing for the next six years. And then so people are just looking to see what the next one's going to be. And cool enough, that's turned back into the rice loggers and easy drinkers. It, it really has. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that, but this is my get off the lawn moment, right? It's like, <laughs> come on, guys. What's with the, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to apologize for drinking 100% malt beer. I just, yeah. I'm just not going to. I mean, it's like I, I, I was trained that way. I came up making beer that way. And I still like it that way. Uh, I like the flavor. So now we're trying to mitigate flavor. I uh, uh, get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. <laughs> well, it's just like with everything, man. It's a pendulum. It swings sure. this way for a long ways, and it swings. I'm waiting for like the whole world to swing back. <laughs> yeah, well, that's going to take a while. It's, yeah, it's, eventually it will. But you know, beer beer does that. And yes. So, I mean, look, look at what's really gained a lot of popularity again, West Coast IPAs. Oh, yeah. So between the Pilsners and West Coast IPAs, back to, like, hey, let's get back to the basics, make a really good Pell Ale, make a really good IPA, and West Coast IPA, and make a really good easy-drinking lager. Yes, yes, with 100% malt. 100% <laughs> malt. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to let these guys uh, uh, actually say something because uh, Miguel um, and Carl... Uh, they've been in this in the for the culture thing from the beginning. I was a consultant that they kind of hired, and then later brought on as 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 one of the minor principals. Uh, it was the plan the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just like, like you're fishing out there, man. You start off with a little hook. We just yeah. we just had to we got one. We had to reel them in, yep. but it was the plan the whole time. So uh, I mean, just 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 tell everybody what what made you even think that this was something you could do. Well, Miguel's motioning at me, Carl, so I will, I will start off before conceding to him. But I, I think for us, it was, you know, going back to around 2017, actually, uh, we were so new that, you know, the concept of home brewing was like, no, that's not possible. In our mind, you know, you had to be a, a AB InBev uh Molson Coors to even make beer. We didn't realize that the market for that existed. Um, it just so happened we had a friend who happened to spend a lot of time in Germany, and you know, he suggested, "Hey, there are other beers out there. How about you try this?" So he he was like, "Go to try this Unibrew, La Fin du Monde, uh, a Belgian uh, Trappel. And I mean, that's that's an all right beer. 
that's the one you know, you're referencing. It's like, uh, you know. Well, for you know, for us, that was kind of the starting point. You know, hey, beer can taste like beer can be good. It doesn't have to taste what you come to expect from certain big beer companies. It can be good. It can be enjoyable. It can be digestible. You can have a good time with it. It just so happened that that particular style, you know, you're like one and done, almost. Um, you know, you're like, oh, I am feeling this. I didn't know you could do that. Well, that's where it starts. Yeah. That's where it starts. That's where it starts. Yeah. It's like a muscle. And so it, 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 it <laughs> one of our uh, our co-owners, Jonathan, who couldn't make it tonight, unfortunately, um, but he happened to re- recall that his time at the University of Texas running track, he had a friend that used to homebrew very often, but he never took it. You know, he never went by when they were like, hey, we're brewing today. He was like, oh, I'm not into that. And he'd go do his thing. So he was like, no, they, they brewed all the time. And you were like, you can do that? And so he, it kind of encouraged us to go seek out, uh, figure out what we could do. We started off with like, I think it was Northern Brewer. We got a homebrew kit, came in, you know, plastic buckets, uh, brewing on the stove with with all grain not excuse me not all grain but um extract kits mm-hmm. then we kind of evolved to yeah, all the, grain the first time the first time you brewed did you read the instructions about 150 times like this doesn't make okay it's just like a simple recipe it should be just do but but how does this work again i mean i read before i homebrew i read like every homebrewing book you could and i went to the falcos bought my kit got my printed off 25 times to, to 100 times you know, and scanned. You know? So it was like a recipe where some of the words you couldn't really see. But it was like, ah, here's the instructions on how to brew this. I'm like, I got it. I w- went home, and I'm like, all right. <laughs> I mean, just I'm looking at it, I was like, uh, and then I first batch, you're like, oh, that actually was pretty easy. Completely lost. A lot of boil overs, uh, <laughs> you know, th- things of that nature. Uh, but after we did a few batches of that, um, Coincidentally, at DeFalco's, they had an old prototype Sabco Brew Magic that sat in the corner apparently for ages. Yep. And they gave us a great deal on it. We bought it, and we were like, we're, we're all grain now, which brought a whole other set of, you know, brewing issues and fun. Um, and fun. <laughs> but d- during that time, we, we sort of had, you know, friends that were that saw what we were doing. Um, they thought it was cool because you can get away from your wives but they know you're just you're here you know they know what you're doing i opened up a whole homebrew <laughs> shop because of this <laughs> and started a radio show, started a radio show. <laughs> yes. it's work baby it's work but you you know you can see the end result so it's like yeah that's where i was at you know what i mean so that kind of started and you know another one of our owners devon uh took off with him then took off with miguel and you know since then, the sky's been the limit, and I'll let uh, Miguel take over. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> man, from my perspective, it's, it's very cultural. Like, there's a picture of me with my grandpa, like, pretending to give me beer when I was, like, two. There is so he only beer. pretended. There's, I think, I think, <laughs> I don't know. Around. <laughs> like, we have beer at like one year olds parties and my family, and like this is what you do, right? And you were talking about, um, uh, but it's it's the it's the big breweries, right? It's not craft brewery. So when you're not pulling from a certain population, it's it's they're, they're like it's they're ingrained in these in in the big breweries, but they're not they're not going into craft brewery. And so that's my thing. I'm like I, I want I want to be able to do that. Um, so when these guys were were talking about brewing, 
I think Carbock was blowing up in San Antonio. I don't know. I don't know the name of the brewery, but they had like this beer called La Bestia, and uh, and yeah, and there was people brewing around me, and and I was like, sucks you, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, oh dude, yeah. I want to. I want to. I want to f- try to do that. I want to yeah. do that. I drink it all the time. Might as well try to make it. Yep. And when they told me they wanted to start a brewery, I was like, Fuck yeah, man, let me in. I want in. <laughs> and since then, I've been all in. Like, this is, I've learned, I've learned so much. Like you said, uh, reading instructions. I didn't get to read instructions. I actually brewed with these guys. They had already done all the heavy lifting. So they're brewing. I'm just That's following nice. along with them. And at first, it was very, it was, you know, looked very scientific, which it is. But it, it looked, it looked, it looked like, oh, man, I don't know if I can do this. And sure enough, now I got my own. I got a grandfather at home. I got I got the whole thing. Just start collecting yeah. equipment. It is, it is the best hobby known to mankind. It, re- it really is, and it's a lot cheaper than golf. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, well, I, I, I don't brew that much. Actually, I haven't brewed in a long time, and I have been playing a lot more golf. So, yes, <laughs> hey, you're absolutely right. Well, it's, also, it's also one of the oldest hobbies, next, next to fishing. True. Right? This is true. Like, this like, is true. It's like fishing and then making a beer. How do you celebrate when we're mm. fishing? <laughs> I mean, what, the beer. pyramids were built that way, right? right? Didn't they find, like, evidence oh, that yeah, oh, yeah, workers yeah. with like, beer? No, no, yeah. Bre- 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 breweries have gone back, like, you know, oh, eons. Right. Yeah, um, if you talk to Jim Cook, he... He says yeah. ten thousand years. I think the the evidence of you know that they've dug out of the ground is more like eighty five hundred, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was ten thousand years. Well, it, it's what what created civilization. Yeah, and because I mean it was <laughs> beer, fishing, and mushrooms for the most part. <laughs> and, 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 let's not and, forget and mushrooms <laughs> and ergotosis. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, people, well, I mean, people just eat stuff from the ground, and then things happen. Yeah, and yeah. like, and then also, how do we make water better? <laughs> because yeah, the, the you, water you that doesn't kill you. Yeah, yeah. water doesn't kill you. You can't drink the water, so what do we do? Ah, like, and then, then how do you get food? And then once you get all these things, uh, you know, well, then you start trading. Sure. Yeah, then you start <laughs> trading, and, and, and that's the, how you make society, my friend. You know, that's the, why <laughs> when the the pendulum swings back, you know, before before it actually comes back and everything's good, I think it's going to get really bad. But we know how to make beer, so yes. we're we're in good shape. No, the 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 true and this is I can't believe the CBC rejected this talk. Is that the true heroes of the of the zombie apocalypse? That was, I mean, it was that was the name of the talk. <laughs> but but I mean, it's it's us really. I mean, it's the people that know how to brew. The people that could turn sugar into liquor are going to be very much sought after. Very valuable. Very valuable. Yep. Now, whether or not we are like locked somewhere, <laughs> and, and you will make beer. Okay, fine, fine. Chained to the wall. Yep. But you know, I mean, the uh, the pyramids, uh, the slaves got like a bucket of, of beer at the end of their day, and ensured that they were going to sleep, and ensured they had enough nutrient to work the next day, and it kept them happy. Right. Sixty yeah. percent uh, of the of the pharaoh's crops went to the manufacture of beer and trade was a big thing. When I started at Gordon Beers, I traded for tires in my car, I traded for a paint job, I traded for almost 1,100 CDs that I still have. Oh, we, we, we can do an entire show on the value of, of, of trade. Of trade. Oh, of, uh, amazing. Yeah. I, I have, I, I've gone to like to get oil changes and been like, hey, if I just brought this case of beer, can I get ahead of this line and get whatever? It's like, you have a case of beer? <laughs> I'll have you out in 15 minutes, my friend. <laughs> they, uh, Taking notes. That, uh, uh, you know what you can't uh, Mark trade. is at Health Ford. You're a wonderful man. <laughs> Speaking of beer, I'm out. Yeah. So. 
Let's take a break. Ah, we can, we can take good. a break, and then we can figure out how many people are involved in this company anyways. And, yes. and oh, what exactly oh, everyone's yeah. doing. Yep. Let's do this that. That's a good thing. This is Drink of Ages here on ESPN 97.5. We'll be right back. Hey, y'all, this is Andrew, the Mayor Mitchum, owner and brewer at Senate Avenue Brewing Company. Here's the top five reasons you should bring the whole family to come and see us. Number one, air conditioning. Number two, tasty cold craft beer brewed by yours truly. Number three, burgers, tacos, pizzas, and pretzels. Number four, brunch on Sundays. Number five, our cozy, breezy patio. Drop in any day of the week for lunch or dinner. We'll save a table for you. Hey, good beer drinkers, this is John Denman from Drink of Ages Radio inviting you out to Spindle Tap Brewery. Less than 15 minutes north of downtown, Spindle Tap is making some of the best beers around. IPAs, double IPAs, lagers, and stouts. Definitely going to find your next favorite beer. Come out and be ready to play, though. Nine-hole championship putt-putt, basketball court, baseball and kickball field, disc golf, or just kick back in the air-conditioned tap room. Great food, excellent beers, and a badass time. Check out Spindle Tap Brewery, Spindle Tap, that's T-A-P, SpindleTap.com. Hi, it's Tom from No Label Brewing down in Katy, Texas. Come out and visit us seven days a week in historic Katy, right between the silos. If it's the weekend, it's live music, it's beer releases, it's food trucks, vendors, HHS markets, more. Can't make it on the weekend? Don't worry, we're open seven days a week. So coming out for bingo nights, trivia nights, run clubs, there's so much going on out here between the silos. So if you're looking for craft beer and a good time, come out to Katy, Texas, come out to No Label. Hey all, this is Shane with New Magnolia Brewing Company. We are a family owned and operated brewery located at 1616 Bevis Street here in the historic Houston Heights. New Magnolia Brewing serves up a high rotation, high variety of finely crafted beers. Everything from our award winning lagers to modern IPAs, funky sours, and of course, classic European styles. Our tap room is open seven days a week. So come enjoy our spacious open indoor tap room or one of our large outdoor seating areas. We have plenty of on-site parking and free off-site street parking. We are family friendly and dog friendly, so bring your littles with you. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at New Magnolia Brewing. All right, welcome back to the Drink of Ages Radio Show here on ESPN 97.5. We are hanging out at Spittle Tap Brewery, but hanging out with more the Culture Brewing. And we have Mufasa, Carl, and Migs. What's that, yeah. You guys, uh... So let's get to the bottom of, like, what is it you guys actually do for the brewery? Take it away, Carl. Since you have the spotlight shining on me. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of the... I guess the you're the lawyer that as you know as well as sort of the uh, I guess I'd say somewhat of the driving force that kind of keeps everything you know moving along uh, we consist of you know four owners uh, all longtime friends that, that, that kind of join together under our love for beer uh, we Along the process, after you know, in, in including Mufasa in our venture, which was really the plan from the start, from the moment we met him, because you know, master brewer, uh, beer legend. His resume is not terrible. Not, <laughs> not in the least, uh, and you know, even though he won't necessarily, you know, be doing the brewing to that capacity, 
uh, it's, it's nice knowing that you sort of have a person that can tell you, you know, we should make a tweak here, make a tweak there. So, you know, that already made us feel confident that, you know, at minimum, no beer will be going out into the to the universe that'll be of, you know, anything of poor quality because, you know, our peer review process that we've decided on, you know, it's already understood. It's going to be tried. It's going to be tasted prior. Um, it's going to be a, to a certain standard um, as he's also teaching us what those standards are <laughs> coincidentally. Um, and so that, that kind of gives us a, a good feeling there. Um, but um, Jonathan, who isn't here, that's sort of our, uh, you know, other, other general, um, if you will, because he was kind of the person that, that, that had the gumption to say, hey, let's just do it. You know, when everyone was learning about making beer and, and you know, getting a homebrew kit, he was the first one to sort of jump off the ledge and like, hey, I, I bought it. If anyone wants to contribute to it, by all means, contribute. If you don't, no sweat off my back. I'm, I'm just, I'll be here brewing. And so that, that kind of started there. And over the time, um, our rain man, um, a, a gentleman, uh, named Devon, uh, who is, he just has a beautiful mind, you know. He does. He's an, he's an engineer. Things that us, us normal person see, he sees in a totally different way. So he's constantly building stuff. Those are good to have around. Oh, absolutely. It's a different perspective. And uh, I've got a few people that I've always referenced. Like if I have an idea that I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to bring this to fruition, I run across a couple people, and I'm like, man, I never been thought about that angle right <laughs> absolutely that, that that's him and and miguel uh is, is you know sort of our everything man uh, because you know he's taken his love of brewing you know arguably to a, a whole other level even you know than myself or jonathan or devon uh, you know I, I spend so much time personally you know just trying to keep the wheels on the bus <laughs> so to speak um, as we go through construction as we join with our our sister brewery and, you know, um, Ovenic trying to create this craft culture exchange project, you know, two breweries under one roof. But, you know, in terms of, you know, brewing, Miguel's going to be the head brewer. Uh, you know, I'm going to be falling back in that capacity, to, you know, to in essence assist him, you know, as we get started, as well as, you know, working on everything else. But, you know, Miguel's passion for brewing is, you know, probably unparalleled, you know, amongst the group. Uh, you know, he, he finds a beer recipe that he likes and, you know, dozens and dozens of times he'll brew it make sure that it's right uh, and if, if i'm misrepresenting that miguel please let me know he's like keep talking sounds <laughs> <laughs> good i'm handsome it's, it's a beautiful thing um, yeah. and actually um, his, his wife <laughs> he is a very good looking guy uh, you know and his wife is also has that same type of passion you know as he does so that, you know they, they sort of tag team it you know in their regard and everybody everybody brews you know don't get me wrong but again you know you can acknowledge when someone else Right, takes it to a whole right. other level. Well, once, once you decide to, to, to really commit to, hey, we're going to start something, then roles, then you have to start defining roles Absolutely. and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. and, and if you don't do that from the beginning, then it just turns into like this kind of train wreck that's like, yep. hey, what's actually happening? Who's doing what? And so having that stuff defined in the very beginning, uh, well, for one, it's fun because all of a sudden you're like, I'm the brewer. I'm this, I'm this guy. I'm Rain Man. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. so for us, what we've been, we've been fortunate um, that as Mufasa was consulting with us, um, another organization he was consulting with, as been previously mentioned, um, Ovenic, they were sort of in a similar place as we was, a brewery and planning that just couldn't quite get over the hump. Uh, unfortunately, as we were planning our brewery, you know, we, we thought we were up to a point 
then the whole universe seemed to get shut down uh, in 2020. And it, it put kind of everyone in a place where it was like, well, we don't know what we're going to do. You know, at a time, breweries, if they weren't serving, you know, at least 51% food, they couldn't even sell beer, as crazy as that sounds. And for us, it was really a question of would we be able to do this and sustain a model? You know, if you're, if you're a brewery that was already rolling, you know, like Spindle Taps, no labels, they sort of had their train going down the tracks. So not to say that there wasn't an adjustment there, assuredly, but it also was there, there was a fire on the train. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolute fire. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. But, but they at least the whole had, train wasn't on fire. No, not so. the whole train. They they had the name recognition. They had the, the the I guess the relatability, if you will, from being institutions of their communities for so long. So it kept rolling. But for us, it was like we're just trying to get started. What do we do? And so having an opportunity to connect with Ovenic and to form you know craft the craft culture exchange, with the purpose being to hey. You know, we're a person of color brewing, black and um, black, black and brown, brown. owned. Um, they're a woman-owned brewery. We just felt like we could bring something unique to the Houston area, where it's like two breweries under one roof, where you know everyone has their ideas of you know what a good beer is, what a bad beer is. But we're going to work together to make sure we have the best beers, as far as we're concerned. And I know everyone says that because as a brewery, I feel like that's what your primary focus should be. You want the best. Uh, Which is shocking when you go to a brewery and the beers aren't good. It, <laughs> well, no, it's sad. It is so sad. Who decided that you're going to put this on tap? The, uh, I think John and I had a, had a oh, so, sometime in the last month, John and I had one of these uh, situations. One yeah. of those poor experiences. The, uh, and, uh, and uh, yeah. It happens uh, more than it should. It, it, it's not good. The, uh, where, so, but let's get back on track. Where is your guys' brewery going to be located? Hempstead and 290. Hempstead and 290, right. <laughs> yeah. So basically, it's a warehouse district, but it's still in the Heights. So we could call ourselves a Heights brewery. Yeah. Right? And, you know, it's going to be one of those places you have to find. But we're not the first ones for that sort of thing. I mean, you know, you kind of have to find this place. Wow, well, what's yeah. up? Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I remember, well, this place, is def- Spittle Tap is definitely a little off the radar. But the first time I went to Brush, oh, yeah. like, I'm, I'm in a neighborhood, and it's like, it's telling me where it is. And it was like the grand opening. There's a little sign this big that tells yeah. you where it is. It's, it's, it's huge. <laughs> so you sometimes you have to search a little bit. For, no, for yeah, sometimes the, those uh, Google directions don't quite work as old school oh, directions. They really don't. Like it's like no, you really do have to turn right next to the tree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. a big tree. You take the turn, and then well, there was, it is. I was like, we went to Frosttown to do a show a few weeks back, and it had me going up 59, making a U-turn at Lions and all this stuff, and, and <laughs> to finally pull beside it. I'm like, man, there's a curb. I don't care. <laughs> there's a parking spot. And just, Boom. Just, That's, uh, I, I, I went there last night, and then uh, and my girlfriend was all, she's freaking out. It's like, you jumping curbs now? I was like, no, this is how you get to the parking lot. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the whole 290 Hempstead area, uh, I mean, it's convenient. It honestly is to a lot of stuff. Oh, it, it really is. I mean, it's easy to get to uh, on, a, on a freeway that's that because um, the off-ramp, is right in between two very congested places. And so you just like, boom. Right. And, and, and you're there. Um, it's, a, it's a great location. It is, the per square foot cost is very low. Very low. Very low. Yeah. Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Helpful. And, uh, and so, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of space. I mean, more space than we're gonna use when we open. 
How many square feet did you guys get? Oh, jeez. Just, just shy of 8,000 square feet. That's good. That's yeah, good. I mean, it's, it's a very large place. Well, Mufasa, yeah. as you know, that, that space will fill up quickly. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, plan. The, first, the first year in, we're going to be like, why didn't we get 12,000 feet? <laughs> you yeah. know, but, yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's going to happen. And, you know, I mean, we're already looking at, at trying to increase the, our, tank it, our tankage, you know. Yeah. Um, but that's getting, that's kind of hard. I mean, I hit a couple of places like Bearded Fox. They've got two tanks, three tanks, that they have not used ever. They're seven-barrel tanks, and they've never used them, and they won't sell them. That, uh, That's, <laughs> that sounds about right. That tank is sad. I know, it's sad. That it's tank needs beer in it. It needs beer in it, man. It needs some TLC. And so, like, I mean, I, I, mean, I keep running into these roadblocks. Right now, we're trying to find a coal room that we could, that we could deal with. But the real situation is... And, you know, I don't want to throw any contractors under the bus, but the contractor probably should have um, contacted Centerpoint Energy before they finished installing their side of things, right? Because Centerpoint Energy doesn't just like, oh, hey, we're here today, you called yesterday. It's 12 weeks out, minimum. Yeah, wow. Yeah, a little forward thinking on some of these things. Would have been been nice. And for us to... Had that had that occurred, our construction was scheduled to be finished the second week of May, if that's any indication. But we've literally been waiting simply to, to sort out the uh, electrical upgrade issue. In hiatus for a while, yeah. Yeah, so that sucks. So, I mean, our, we, <laughs> just uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We've, yeah. we've had to push the opening date. Now, this is nothing new to me. And I tried to explain <laughs> to... No, no, it's yeah. a pretty standard guys. operation. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, everyone. Standard. It's standard. It's standard. Everyone. Yeah, I, uh, I've opened 127 restaurants for BJ's. I opened up 12 breweries. Six of those, five of those were BJ's, um, and we have not. In all the breweries that I open, we have not had a floor slope correctly. <laughs> Guess what happened? <laughs> yeah, imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Touche. So yeah. the city come out and well, we 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 tried rolling little balls off of it and it would they wouldn't roll into the the drain was actually higher, you know. That's not how water works. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. So, um, we 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 got it fixed. So the epoxy on the floor should should create a more of a slope. But it's not going to be the slope we wanted. Right. And I don't get it. Chalk lines. How come they don't work for people? They <laughs> don't like their jobs, man. man I, that is tough, but, but it's just true, though. I mean, every time I hear it over and over and over again, especially new construction, mm-hmm. like Maria's new construction, they're like, well, yeah, we had a plan, and this is what they said. And then even if they do it right, the, 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 the city comes out, one city inspector says, this is how it needs to be. All right, cool. We did it. Yeah, we have another done through city all inspector. That yeah. yeah, then another city inspector comes out and they're like, "No, no, no. It can't be like that. It needs to be like this." And you can't go, "No, no, no." But he already said <laughs> and already spent $15,000 to do it this way. Now it has okay. Yeah, and so we're 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 trying our best to sidestep those things, but unfortunately, construction companies and and uh, and all the different, you know, utilities people all have their own way of doing things. I I opened a brewery one time where 
we went to lunch, and when we came back, all the electrical conduit was actually running along the front of the of the fermenters, blocking the bottom valve. Wow. <laughs> it's like, show me the plans. Where's the conduit? Why is it there? Well, you know, we figured, no, what's on the plans? You're gonna do it all over again, and I'm not paying for it, <laughs> you know? They hated it, they hated me. Oh boy, I, I, they all hated me. But you just can't stand over them 24 seven, you know? Well, and they're I mean, gonna do things their own way. Not only that, but, but you hire people to do a job. And they're, they are the professionals, right? I mean, right. there's things that I think I can do, but I know somebody can do it a lot better. Yeah, they're supposed to be able to do that, yes. Yeah. You know, I had another brewery where they hung the, the, the cold room door so that it opened inward instead of opening outward. And you lose six you cubic lose feet. You lose a lot of space. <laughs> yeah. Just from that. And it was like, okay, so you got to fix that. Well, we'll have to take the frame off. Okay, you better get started. Because <laughs> yeah. they had to take the frame. Flip the door around. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a teacher. I've been, I've been an educator for 15 Assistant years, principal, right? principal. And yeah. now uh, I've got my principal certification. i got two masters. And I wish I had you as a principal. And I'm, yeah, I'm really, yeah, along a whole lot better than my principles. Well, you know, not, now that you mentioned that, it's, it's it is a lot about leadership, right? The type of leadership leader that you, that, you know, public, what's happening in public schools is a lot, has a lot to do with the type of leadership that is in those schools. And I would say that that's true even in the private industry, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the type of leaders, like, there's this, like, do you want to be feared or respected, or you know, like. That type of attitude like, not a just, good just doesn't really yeah. doesn't really <laughs> flow, right? No. But or um, you're, you're expected to be earned or demanded. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to be the brewer, and the fear, there's a lot of fear that goes along with that, right? There's 15 years of what I've been doing. There's a lot invested. But having Mike uh, cover my back, I mean, that's the wealth of knowledge that he has. Like, that's just a, a shot of confidence in what we're going to do. Um, I mean, we're in the most diverse city in the country and we're going into an industry that really isn't um Not reflective of of the city you know and yeah. and that's what that's what we're trying to do that's going to make us different um not only like all of the mistakes of the past hopefully we overcome them but uh with what we have what with what we bring to the table Adding uh, adding some flavor, you know, to the craft industry, mm -hmm. something new, and a little bit of color. Yeah, you know, we're not trying to. Uh, like I always had this idea, like Austin has bar ho bar hopping culture, right? We can have like a brewery hopping culture in Houston, you know. I mean, we're we are like a car city, so there, there's no reason why we shouldn't I, I, be there's, that there's way. De there's definitely brewery hopping that does happen. In oh Houston. yeah, right. There's. We have these little corridors that they like, yeah. you find them, but there's no company doing that here yet, and that's Not what yet. we want to be. Yeah. We want to be a part of that. Uh, well, I think uh, there, there's a lot that I see. First of all, like, uh, we gotta take a break because I'm out of beer again. But <laughs> when we get back, there, there's several things. One, you know, just having another brewery in Houston, I think, is amazing, right? And two, having you guys, what you guys are doing, actually introduces a lot more people 
to this industry because this exactly. bubble yeah. this bubble is only so small and we're yeah. all trying to play in this bubble yep. the yeah. bubble has to grow and there's so many ways to do it and one is just to introduce a lot of people that never even knew this was possible exactly yeah so to those like hey man you you can you can work in this industry you can uh, thrive in this industry. You can enjoy the beers that's being made from this industry that people don't even know it exists. Right, and believe it or not, beers done right is inexpensive to make. So you could generally make money off a brewery. Now, I'm not, I don't, you, not everybody's gonna be a Jim Cook, <laughs> you know, but uh, you could certainly pay the bills, keep, keep working, and provide good beer to the people and get more people in and pull a couple of more percentage points away from those, the the big, the, the, the ones you know. that the the other. So there's like four thousand breweries compared to three. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. pulling some of those percentages away from those yes, three to. Yeah. When we're like ah, craft beer gained a percentage point. But, but the Houston like, culture is what does that mean? It is. It is about. I mean, one percentage point is millions upon millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. right. So yeah. there's money to be had. As long as we pull from the correct people. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. And just before we go, I know you've got to go to break, but we've, we're pushing 9,000 breweries in the country. A good 4,000 of them shouldn't be there. Yeah. yeah. Just saying. Yeah. I won't talk well, it's also, about any brewery, but. It's unfortunate because, um, because it's all about experiences. And so if your first couple experiences aren't good, then it, it's the whole industry. Bad beer yeah. will kill the industry. It will. Yep. All right. All right. We're going to take a break, get some more beers. This is Dream of Ages. Be right back. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Trevor Brown from Lone Pine Brewery coming at you from Magnolia, Texas, home of Yellow Rose IPA. We're new in cans. I don't know if you've seen. We're now in aluminum. Yellow Rose, Gentleman's Lotus Nitro, Jabberwocky, and Zeno's. We'll be doing seasonals and Zythopal releases every quarter. So join us at our beer garden, open seven days a week. We've got live music, food trucks. Kids and dogs are welcome as long as they're nice. Find us at LonePine.com on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, everybody. Decca Beer Company off 494, just north of Kingwood, is a brewery you should know about and stop by. 20 taps with rotating experimental beers and other excellent beers brewed true to style. Nice air-conditioned tap room for the whole family and a large patio with beer, wine, cider, soft drinks, plus food trucks on site. Also a great place to hold your next event. Tap room is open Wednesday through Sunday and look for Decca Beer Company on tap around the Houston area and check them out online at DeccaBeer.com. That is D-E-C-A Beer.com. They have something for everyone. Key T Wellness, our friends down in Dickinson, is where you need to go if you're feeling sluggish, non-energetic, and non-motivated, not just when you're hungover. Get to know your numbers. As we get a little older, our hormone levels change, men and women. Key T Wellness can help. Weight loss, hormone optimization, low testosterone, B12, Botox, and more. Stop in and tell them that you heard it on Drink of Ages and get a free B12 shot. KeyTWellness.com. Why not feel your best again? KeyTWellness.com. We're back for the last segment of Drink of Ages Radio. I know, I almost gave Muskratch a heart attack over here. This is the final episode of Drink of Ages. John, you made me a promise we were going to get to year 10, you son of a bitch. Year, year 10. <laughs> so we, we got a gold uh, craft beer marketing award, and but I was like, you know, we got to go to year 10, so we that global. 
Like gold isn't so good I was enough. On that team that oh did the judging. I'm, I'm one of the judges for that. Excellent. Oh, excellent. Yeah. So, so did you vote for Drink of Ages for the best beer podcast in the Americas? Or, or did you? I didn't. That was that was not part of my purview. <laughs> so uh, I was the market. I, we did the marketing thing on the. Uh, Cans and gotcha and, and stuff like that. So this is a whole another uh, like offshoot. Was, John and I were talking that we need to actually interview these guys and talk about what they're doing because uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's getting bigger them. and bigger every year. Absolutely, and it's such a so there's a, so the the U.S. Open awards just happened and then the, oh, congratulations the, to all the yeah the there was a, especially yeah. Balanson's friend of the Balanson's show. Balanson's really yeah. wow. Well, yeah. it's kind of expected now. So, yeah. all of a sudden, if there's a there's a beard competition and Balancins doesn't win, it's Balancins like, got three golds and one silver. That 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 that, wow. that that man is that man maybe the the like one of the Val most is, talented is, brewers is, in, he, in he, like he's, Texas. He's truly amazing. I spent some time with him down there, and man, he was just like he couldn't get stuff out the tap fast enough to let us try it. You know, I mean, it was just uh, it turned into a whole thing. Uh, you know, but you know who did slightly better than Bellison's, and that was uh, a little place in Fredericksburg. A uh, little place? Yeah, all <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, just a castle. Just yeah. a castle. Just and did you see German all those new castle. tanks they're getting and everything? I mean, they're, they're just like, yeah, they're 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 getting there. So I mean, they 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 got. No, it's it, great, but they make fantastic beer. No. They really do, and I'm, I you know, being German trained, and my mentor being. You know, a graduate from Weinstephan, the oldest Nazi school the, in Germany. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a whole from the break conversation. <laughs> but but, yeah. but, but the old to, Nazi school of brewing yes. at one time. <laughs> well, to, like, to bring this back home, so we were talking about how, uh, so, so you guys, along with, like, along with Project Halo, like, and along with uh, Turkey Forest, like, you guys, like, Breweries are community hubs, yep. and you guys are really bringing all the community to the hub. Yes, um, and the bigger the crappier audience, just like like the better. And why this involves Nazis is because uh, I, I went to Germany and like I did a tour in Munich, and then everything was like this is where this is where these people planned and did the thing. Also, it's the oldest brewery in, like in all of Germany, <laughs> and then and then this is where the surrender was signed. Also, the oldest brewery in all of Germany. I was like, wow, beer really goes like back, but like, but these are community hubs, um, and, and for the most part, they're for good. Uh, I know, like, uh, well, I mean, I know, I, I know, I know, label that that we spent a lot of time uh, putting a lot of money into a lot of nonprofits. Like, like, whenever there's like an, a local ISD, whenever there is the National Guard, like hurricanes, like like happen and stuff like that. Like, like, breweries are the people that like really answered the call. Absolutely. And well, and you like, guys are a legacy brewery. We're old. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but it used to be years. a legacy brewery was like 20 years old, but now five years to do it. I mean, in Houston, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. But you guys are really, truly a, a, a legacy. Uh, the th the uh, third oldest, yeah. uh, 12 uh, this November. Yeah. But, like, it's just, but everything's, like, wild, because, like, Spindle Tab, you guys just, what, hit five? Six. Six. And, like, so everything is, every time I see, like, that, I'm like, whoa, it, it's been that many years? And, like, and... In the craft beer scene, really. Well, no, we went to Huff for their anniversary for for ten, 10 year anniversary party, which at is Huff amazing. Brewery. And we will get to that show. <laughs> <laughs> this, is an, this is an ongoing joke. It's going on for weeks. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, but but for you guys, I mean, it's going to be great because you know, you you get open. The most important thing. Right? Yes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's like a one-year anniversary, and you're like, yay, one year. Whew, that was fun. And then all of a sudden, you're like, ten years. <laughs> you know, just like life goes by. Yes. But I think I mean, it goes. Plan, it, right? <laughs> it goes one, two, three, five, ten. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good thing about this this whole group is uh, once I, you know, because both Ovinic and For the Culture were my clients, and I saw that the need was such that they would fit together very well, and it, it was cause it was some interesting moments at the beginning. There, it's like you know, well, who are these people? In fact, didn't you guys Absolutely. say no at the beginning? Pretty much, Jonathan did. Well, <laughs> well not to I wasn't not necessarily calling anybody out, but I, I think the the general the general <laughs> the general <laughs> consensus was, hey, let's let's do it on our own, but. I think that reality sort of set in and with the pandemic at the time sort of lingering on, it, it, it became it became quite evident that, hey, you know, this might be the fastest way to at least get our liquid to market. And regardless if, you know, we stay married forever or if it's just for a limited amount of time. Um, and don't get me wrong, because we, we really love the guys and gals over at Ovenic, but it was just at least we both could benefit from saying, hey, we have our beer in the market and we also have a very unique uh, perspective because, you know, outside of 4J, uh, there are no other predominantly women-owned breweries. Uh, there are no predominantly black-owned breweries in the Houston area. I think you have to, the closest you can go is, I believe, Frankenbolts mm-hmm. um, in Magnolia. Right. Uh, and, you know, there are other... Um, Hispanic-owned breweries that have, you know, come along there. You know, Leo and Oscar over at Turkey Forest, for instance, they're great guys. Um, and Which is just very recent. It, it, very it, recent. Very exactly. Recent. Yeah. Uh, and Project Halo, I believe, is on board to be opening relatively soon as well. The next couple of months. So for for us, we just see an opportunity to, um, as we've kind of talked about off mic, capturing some of that market uh, where, unfortunately, a lot of people, the general perception is, Craft beer, craft beer is a Caucasian thing. Like, you know, black people, brown people, Asian people, whomever else, they can't enjoy it, right? We want to simply make that demographic aware that, hey, you know, craft beer is for everybody. It's it's not necessarily what you think. Um, I've met some of the most amazing people um, in our in our journey. The, the, the Craft Brewers Guild of Texas is amazing. Um, they've done so much um, for us in terms of scholarship um, as well as help. Um, you know, getting open. Um, I'll be speaking on a diversity, equity, inclusion panel um, at the Crab Brewery Roundup. Um, it, it's just—it's a great opportunity to let people know about the wonders of craft beer. We think it's amazing. Um, we think it's by far the most social um, libation of you know that you can encounter. Because uh, I mean, you look around where we're at filming or not filming, but taping at the moment. You know, we're literally at Spindle Tap who is another brewery who could be considered a competitor, right? But because of the nature of craft beer, they're gracious enough to allow us to come sit in, talk about our budding brand. Uh, you know, Tom works for No Label, drove all the way from Katy. You know, same thing. You know, he does this, does this show um, with you, John, and you can just see the camaraderie there. Um, I know Tom loves it. I know you love it. Uh, 
everybody, you know, loves it. And I think they just need the opportunity to enjoy and exp- and get to know it. Because, you know, you may not like a triple Hoppadopolis Rex IPA. That might not be your thing initially. But there might be a lager. There might be a Pilsner. There might be a stout. There might be a barley wine. There might be... Uh, we're doing a you know, Greek IPA. There, you know, there you, there, you know, there you go. You know, there there are so many different beer styles that someone can get into, um, and we just you know we just want the opportunity to do that. You know, and to ruthlessly exploit the fact that we're minority owned. Ah, I'm gonna say it. You're never gonna do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got to put it out there, right? Yeah, uh, and just. Also, just because you know, it gives opportunity, people go, "Oh, look, man, I'm a black guy. There's a black guy that owns a brewery, and blah blah. blah. There's a Hispanic over there that owns a brewery. I can do that. It looks I like I can do that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy's not yeah. drinking a Corona Modelo. What is he drinking? That's exactly what I'm going for. Although <laughs> yep. we are kind of going that way with these rice beers they're coming up with. Well, they don't, I mean, you know. Well, what happened is kind of like here, you know, at Spinaltap. It's like, what do you like to drink, Bud Light? Yeah, all right, well, you need to drink some local lager. Local lager, <laughs> you know? which is so much better than Bud Light. Sorry, bud. It is, and, and much more expensive you gotta say to something. make. I'll yeah, absolutely. Uh, another another uh, target group is teachers, you know. You know they, they, they all drink, they all drink. Yeah. But, they have know. to. Oh yeah, <laughs> kiss oh, yeah. it, drive you up the wall, man. I know, I know. Hey, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I, I'm a very patient guy. I, I love people. I love kids and everything else. I would never be a teacher. I, I, I couldn't do it. I, I would lose it. I, I don't think there's enough alcohol for me to. I mean, look, well, unless, the, the pay isn't there, right? No. And the appreciation is, and definitely for the culture brewing. Uh, really looking forward to you guys opening up. Um, Proud of you guys. Just keep on doing it, and I can't wait to start drinking some of the beers. Yeah, follow us on Instagram for the culture BC, or on Facebook or Twitter, or Twitter. Who's going to be doing the Twitter? His, that's just it's like a, a whole collaborative effort. It's it uh, definitely a collaborative effort. <laughs> it, it, it is me, but I'm, I'm my, 40. my wife I'm like, and yeah. I, I can say that, that there's a few Twitter accounts that. I don't think anybody's running them. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that's the, that's true. But we we'll, we will have we will have a presence. It is good. I mean, it's a great way to communicate with everybody. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Instagram, right? Yeah. Instagram, Instagram Facebook, Facebook, Twitter. Twitter. No. Yeah. Instagram, okay. Facebook, Twitter. For the culture, BC. Excellent. Well, Mufasa, Carl, Migs, it's been a whole lot of fun. Thank you guys. Thank Likewise. you both. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, it's and uh, your uh, producer here. Thank you so much, guys. Who's a wealth of knowledge over there? DJ Mustrash is the man. (laughs) All right. Well, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's episode of Drink Invaders Radio Show. This isn't going to be the last one unless, you know, of course, you said, bad it, you said it was going to be the last one, John. <laughs> We're done. We're on vacation. <laughs> it's not the last one. It's not the last one. And this is when I moved to Costa Rica, and you never hear from me again. <laughs> so, we, we, no, we already figured out that you and your wife haven't decided whether you're getting in Houston. So yeah, you're gonna, you're don't make idle threats. Quotes, air quotes, haven't decided. And if you move to Costa Rica, you need to open a brewery down there. Well, a brewery and a taco stand. So that's, oh, excellent. Yeah. It's already in the works. Okay. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Yeah. All right. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Uh, you can listen to any of the other old shows sponsored by No Label Brewing Company. By Just look it up online. Drink all of Ages. Yeah. I, I looked it up. I looked it up. I was like, Drink of Ages. And I, there's all these podcast sites. I didn't even know we were on. 
So it's just it's out there. Yeah, they, that didn't happen last week. Yeah, and in real, real time, by, John yeah. was like, "Oh, we're here. We're here too. Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's a lot, but no. Thank you, everybody. Everybody, be safe out there, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you.